0: Hello, fantasy disc golf fans, and welcome to Chill Disc Days, a Sports Ethos presentation. I'm your host, Matthew Williams, and you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Chilliams and Instagram at Chill Disc Days. Like to officially welcome you to episode number eight of Chill Disc Days, and on today's episode, we are going to take a look at some of the younger players in disc golf. What to expect from their 2023 season and how we're approaching their fantasy value heading into the season. Uh, Inspired by Mr. Dan Bespris Old Man Squad, we are going to do the Young Gun Squad and the Old Man slash Old Woman Squad. Next episode, it will be a little different than uh, the Dan Bespris Old Man Squad. That really is targeted toward. It's kind of like a My Guys episode, really. The the guys that he's targeting but we are going to take a more literal approach with the young guns and the old man squad um, our young guns we are going to be looking at players who are 18 and under kind of look at what we can expect from these players what kind of impact they will make on fantasy rosters so to start things off we have to start with none other than mr gannon burr burr the 17 year old Prodigy was your 2022 USDGC champion, and according to my estimations, the number two overall fantasy player behind Paige Pierce, number one in the MPO field, had an average finish of 7.8 in skip ace events last year, truly crushing it. He had... His worst finish was 25th at Waco. And then outside that, he finished no worse than 14th at Worlds. He had 12 top 10 skip ace finishes last year. So truly a breakout season for Gannon Burr. Um, He's been on the rise for a bit. Was the 2019 Junior Disc Golf world champion and then I believe he had won 2017 a round 15 and under junior junior championship as well uh, he's been on the uprise was the rookie of the year last year and really making a name for himself as one of the top players in the game starting off the year hot last year with that epic playoff against Drew Gibson so I think for next year Ganon Burr in terms of your fantasy draft strategy he's going to be a plug and play uh consideration top 5 pick top overall pick still working on the fantasy draft guide and you know he'll be he'll be right up there at the top second overall fantasy player last year only great things to come for gannon so we'll look for him to You know, continuing putting up more majors in elite series before the man even has a driver's license. So, uh, still, I don't, I need to get the uh, player's actual birthdays or something in a spreadsheet so it updates automatically. But he's either 17 or 18. But Mr. Gannon the epitome of the young gun section, the absolute most upside out of any fantasy player in the field at just 17 year old, being one of the top fantasy players last year. Top 10 average finish. Just absolutely absurd. Looking for more good things from Gannon next year. Next up, I'm going to go with Evan Scott. He was the 2021 PGA Amateur World Champion. The 2021 National Amateur Disc Golf Tour Champion at the International Disc Golf Center. So, uh, I know we talked with Johnny about kind of like sleepers and flyers And I still need to get more familiar with kind of the junior and amateur divisions. Did not realize there was an actual amateur disc golf tour. So we'll be looking at that more for some of these young sleepers, but was also your 2018 United States junior disc golf champion. Uh, Looks like he kind of made a name for himself in 2021 with a runner-up finish to Joel Freeman at the Carolina Clash. Looks like in 2020, he had a 63rd place finish at USDGC, 80th in 2021 at USDGC, and then 95th at Worlds. In 2022, he had 12 Elite Series Majors appearances for an average finish of 47.75 with 0 top 20s. So Evan really wasn't making much of an impact on fantasy rosters until kind of this year was able to make 12 Elite Series, kind of coming in with that average finish of, you know, around 48, which is kind of around that waiver replacement value that we found. So in terms of fantasy draft day strategy with Evan Scott, I think he's... I'm, I am I happen between like a wait and see where, you know, you can just kind of keep an eye on him during the year and pick him off off waivers and like a last round flyer. So he did make 12 skip base um, or 12 Elite Series and Majors in 2022. So I think he's worthy of a late round flyer and stash and, you know, kind of wait to see if he puts up a couple like top 30 performances in a row and then... Might look into plugging them into your starting lineup, but with Evan, uh, I still would like to see more of his game personally, and just see more top fifty performances, top we'll say top forty to top thirty performances um, before I consider making him a regular addition on my roster. And then next on the list, we'll have Luke Taylor out of Michigan. Your 2021 Junior World Champion in the Junior 15 division. Uh, he made a few Elite Series and Majors last year. Uh, he got an 11th place at the Preserve, 53rd at Idlewild, and then 107th at the Discraft Great Lakes Open. So three three events in 2023. 2022 average finish around 57 but did have an 11th place finish at the preserve so uh, I think he will be a with only three events I think he can really be a wait and see kind of guy not sure what his schedule will look like next year I don't think he will be a must draft player but excited to see more of his game I've definitely heard his name pop up um, as well so I'm excited to see more from Luke Taylor next year. Next up, we're going to target a couple of Oregon boys. We got Ty Love out of Powell, Butte, Oregon on Team Dynamic Disc. Current rating of uh, 1018. He was your 2018 Oregon Junior Disc Golf Champion. And then in 2020. 2020- he had a win at the Cascadia Challenge that was a 1033 rated round. Um, 2021, Ty Love placed 14th at the Dynamic Disc Open, 13th at Portland Open, 56th at Worlds, and then 93rd at USDGC. In 2022, Ty Love played six skip ace events for an average finish of 34.5, with a 26th place finish at DDO and then 29th at the Portland Open. I uh, did watch a bit of his game on the Portland Open for 2022. It was a real rainy round, so it was hard to get a great look. But seems to, I think he's 17 as well, up a comer out of Oregon. 34 and a half average finish in, in a few skip base events last year is definitely, uh, definitely solid, a lot better than the kind of 50th average waiver replacement. So for Ty Love, I have him as a target streamer for the Dynamic Disc Open and Portland Open. Someone you probably want to draft and hold. Uh, he did play six skip base events, so not a ton but did have that average finish at 34.5. Being a dynamic disc team member, it looks like he's played the DDO the last couple years and placed top 26 at both. And then being from Oregon, played Portland Open the last couple of years, placed top 30 both years at that. So he could possibly, you know, be on the Uprise, uh, made Worlds the last couple of years, so you could, he could be an option at Worlds as well. But I think you're definitely looking at him to stream for Dynamic Disc Open and Portland Open at the least. And kind of seeing how his season plays out from there. The other Oregon guy we had is Cole Ruddallin. And he is out of Hillsborough, Oregon. Team Infinite. He has had 10 NPO wins in Oregon since 2021. All over 1024 rated. 2021, he had a battle at Horning's Hideout presented by Top Flight Disc Golf, which was 10:52 rated. Beat Scott Withers, who came in at second by six strokes in that battle. So, he's had some uh, impressive performances. He made 13 skip base events in 2022 with an average finish of 48.2. He got eighth at the Portland Open. 15th at the Great Lakes Open, and last year he got 26th at the Portland Open, 29th at Las Vegas, 32nd at Great Lakes Open, and last year he got 7th at uh, Ledgestone. So uh, he's got a lot of talent, a lot of arm. I think if you was watching some of his game to prep for this and watched uh, the chase card for the final round of the Portland Open... Hole five, he threw, I think Dustin Murray estimated, about a 700-foot drive. It was like a par four, 900-foot downhill, hole five. This dude absolutely smashed it. It was at least 650, but yeah, 650 to 700 drive. So definitely got tons of power. His putt looks like it could use some work. He was a 77% C1X putter, which was 168th last year. And, yeah, I just saw he missed, like, a it was like a 10 or 15-footer at the Portland Open. And I know Dustin was talking about, like, him kind of switching up his putter, switching up his – I think it was just the putter, but, like, he had a swing where, you know, he was just off and it completely missed chains. So I'll be looking at that C1X. And then, you know, I also see him doing, like, a bunch of, like, training and, like, he's been referencing this – Oregon sports and family been doing a bunch of training there. I don't know if it's a rehab related or if he's just you know working real hard on his body and flexibility and whatnot Um, but it looks like he is a guy that really works on his game works on himself as an athlete so I think if he gets that putt figured out Cole certainly has a ton of potential you know another one of those guys who can throw just needs to you know get that putt kind of kind of figured out but in terms of him I think he is a kind of a situation like Ty Love of a definite streamer at Portland Open uh, eighth place last year and then 26th in 2021 and then he's had other great good performances uh, average finish around that 50 spot, so I think he's a guy you can target towards the end of your draft for some upside and be consistent on tour. Not make every event, but he's made uh, he made thirteen in twenty twenty two, so it's a good amount. So I think uh, he's worth an upside pick uh, towards the uh, towards the later half of your draft. All right, now next up, getting into a little bit of the FPO side, we have. Cadence Burge from Huntsville, Alabama. She was your 2022 PDGA Amateur World Champion, your 2022 National Amateur Disc Golf Tour Premier Champion, a 2020 National Amateur Disc Golf Tour Premier Champion, and a 2021 Junior Disc Golf World Champion runner up. So Looks like Cadence has been on the rise for Team Disc Mania and don't exactly know her age, but it looks like she hasn't really played any big events. So I think she will be a wait and see player, Uh, maybe not getting too competitive into the FPO side. but. Um, Definitely making a name in some of the junior and amateur divisions. So, uh, I don't know what her touring schedule will be like in 2023. So, she'll be a name to keep an eye on. And I will put a wait and see tag on Cadence for 2023. And just going to make sure to keep an eye on her throughout the year and get more familiar with her game. Kind of in the same situation as Ava Meyer out of belton missouri kind of around that area it's uh, maybe a half hour from my hometown Uh, one of my favorite disc golf stores truly unique is out that way i don't think she is sponsored by them but um, shout out truly unique in belton but i know she i know uh, terry actually mentioned her on smashbox doing a lot of like she's under 18 and she's been running a lot of tournaments out in the kansas city area so i know i've seen her name on some of the amateur and junior rankings. So that's just a a name I wanted to shout out from the Missouri area who's been making a rise in the FPO division. Don't know a ton about her game from a playing level, but I don't think she's someone you need to worry about drafting a fantasy this year. Again, like Cadence, we will put her on the the wait-and-see approach, and just keep an eye on her game throughout this season. Now to get into a little bit of the sibling segment of the show, we got quite a few siblings, some young siblings who are on tour, and I think these are some great people to target because kind of like with, you know, Gannon Burr and Isaac Robinson, Alden Harris, Gavin Babcock, that Prodigy team. I'm really looking at players who are part of a group. Like if you have someone on tour with you that you can rely on and count on, have that kind of social structure and camaraderie on the road, I think that provides a huge advantage to someone who is you know, competing and traveling by themselves. So there's quite a few of these young guns who are part of a sibling team. So we will take a look at some of the siblings to target for for next season. Starting off the way, Johnny had mentioned Aria Castruita, but she is actually part of a trio of disc golfing sisters. We got Aria, Melody, and Haley Castroita. Aria, I think, will be the best of the group. She currently has a 939 rating compared to Melody's 889 and Haley has a 821 rating. So, as terms of upside and and sleepers and and your real young gun, I think Aria is looking like the one to be. She's got the most power. Uh, Melody was a two-time F18 Junior Disc Golf World Champion in 2020 and 2021, defeating Stacy Hass in 2021 after Stacy had a like, a six-stroke lead um, after, like, the third or fourth round. So, Melody was able to come and scoop up that victory from her. But if we look at Aria, Aria had some elite series and majors. She had 14th at Las Vegas, 40th at Waco, 17th at Texas States, 30th at Jonesboro, 35th at DDO, 49th at Idlewild, 29th at Worlds. So, If you're really looking at one of the Castroita sisters to make an impact on your fantasy team, it's surely looking like Aria is the one on the upswing. They are out of Texas, so like the got 40th at Waco, 21st at the open at Belton, 17th at Texas States. Yeah, so hopefully at that uh, beginning stretch, Aria can do well in those Of Texas events, and I think she is definitely a player that will be you'll want to draft next year. She had an average finish of 24.3 over eight skip base events, so, uh, an above average player for such a young gun, you can only expect hopefully her performance to increase. So, I think she's definitely going to be a player we will be targeting for for an everyday kind of FPO player on your fantasy roster. But in terms of Haley and Melody, I think they could be more of a wait and see approach. It doesn't look like they are competing as much on the national tour. Haley did the FA1 and Advanced Women for Worlds, whereas Aria looks like she did the FPO Open. Yeah, and she got 7th at Worlds, so Aria, Aria is looking like the player to target, 7th at Worlds for Aria, excuse me, not Worlds, US, okay, the United States Women's Disc Golf Championship, Aria got 7th, and Haley was in the amateur, or the advanced division, so another name I'm looking along with, is this Virginia Pokinghorn out of O'Fallon, Missouri. Okay. I've actually seen her name a few times, so maybe we should throw her on the list. I don't know if she's in fits for the sibling segment, but she got eighth at the Amateur World Championships in 2022 and second at that advanced division. So, Virginia Pokinghorn, I don't know a lot about your game, but coming from Missouri, we'll give her a shout-out as well in this Cacharita segment, but yeah, looking like Aria Castruita is going to be the 1-2 target. Then you have uh the aforementioned Stacy Haas. Stacy and DW Hass. So Stacy is currently rated 932 and DW is 993. They are out of Hubbard Lake, Michigan. Stacy had 13 skip base events for an average finish of 27.5. DW. Played six Skip Ace events for 80.7. And Stacy did an interview with the Chain Clankers podcast recently. I believe she is kind of focused on disc golf for the next couple of years before she figures out what she wants to do with school. So I think she is intent on kind of putting up a similar touring schedule as last year. She had an average finish of 27.5 and believe this was her first yeah first first full year on tour um was able to put up a few events in 2021 but this was really her full first full year um was a 71 percent c1x putter 11 percent c2 top 30 in circles and regulation birdie percentage scramble percentage parked percentage so put up a solid showing, and I feel like she seems pretty intent on making the disc golf thing work, so having having that brother to travel with throughout the year certainly provides her a solid foundation to put up at least a repeat performance of last season. And in terms of Stacy's rank last year, I had her around, around pick 100. terms of total fantasy ranking I think you know with the events she's playing and having an above average finish I think she will be a person to target as a kind of every week back end of your FPO roster starter DW on the other hand so he had the average finish of 80.7 over six skip base events He didn't cash at Las Vegas Challenge, Texas States, Jonesboro, DDO, or at the Preserve before cashing at Worlds. Uh, If you look at his schedule, he played a lot of the A to C tiers throughout the year. It looks like with those uh, events, he wasn't cashing at the Elite Series, uh, those A to C tiers he was able to cash. So I don't know if he maybe is just kind of looking at, you know, they're traveling together, so... You would think they'd be playing the same events, but it's looking like he's playing more of the local A to C tier events while Stacy's staying at that FPO. So I think DW is someone is a wait and see. I don't think you need to draft him. It looks like he's playing a lot of the more local events just to make sure they can cash and, and keep the ball rolling in terms of traveling on the tour life while Stacy crushes it at FPO. So uh, I think Stacy will be a draft at the end back end fpo rosters starter and then dw will be more of your you know i don't think i don't think he'll end up making an impact on fantasy rosters next year realistically but we'll see we'll see all right and then next up you have the lynn sisters uh morgan and jordan out of palm city florida Playing for Team Discraft, uh, I heard Terry talking about them because I know he was doing an event out in uh, Florida recently. I believe it was the Chain Hawk event, and they had made a uh, pretty solid, solid appearance out there. Uh, they had some pretty good competition. There was Chloe Alice, Ellen Widboom, Jessica Weiss, Looks like we're the uh, main competitors. And Deanne Carey uh, was out there as well. Morgan got fourth ahead of Jessica Weiss. And then Jordan got fifth, um, tied with Jessica Weiss. So, you know, I know uh, Florida's a pretty popping destination for disc golf. I know Paul just moved out there. So I don't know really what to expect from them in terms of elite series and majors in 2022 i think they will probably be on the wait and see it looks like morgan played u.s women's disc golf championship which won't be in skip base next year so i don't know if you can really consider drafting them unless they start unless unless you know more about their schedule and they'll be touring more but i definitely wanted to put them on the list because I know as Terry talked about them, and I know that I've definitely seen their Instagram, and they seem to definitely be competing with each other on their ratings. You know, Morgan's nine sixteen, Jordan's nine fourteen. Always trying to one up each other in a great spot for disc golf season long. I'm struggling right now in Kansas City with it being so dang cold. Just so jealous of those people in Florida who are getting to play year round. So I think they will be uh, people to keep an eye on. Your next set of siblings, you got the Philomahallas. You got Cade and Andrew. And admittedly, I had known about Cade um, for a while. They're both out of Utah. He is currently 989 rated, but Andrew is actually 990 rated. So looks like, you know, Cade had an average finish of 76 over eight skip base events in 2022. And it looks like Andrew just played the Portland Open where he had a 90th place finish. So uh, Cade's finish of around the 70s definitely doesn't leave a lot of uh, it's it's not super enticing to draft and start him with his average finish being such a hit, and then Andrew only playing that one event and getting 90th. I think both of those guys are going to be players that you don't need to draft, though we'll be wait and see, and we'll just see how their skill level, skill level develops over time and see if they can be an impact player on fantasy rosters in years to come and last siblings on the list we have the uh, beavers brothers james and oliver beavers and this is where i'm kind of getting into the uh, mindset of a, a scout a little bit uh these kids are 10 and 11 years old i told my girlfriend the other day i followed a seven-year-old on instagram who was sponsored i can't remember his name Also, i would probably put him on the list but I, felt, I told I felt super weird about that one, following a 7-year-old on Instagram. And 10- and, uh, and 11-year-old James and Oliver, sponsored by Innova. And looks like they're also sponsored by uh, Double G's Craft Jerky, as well as Fit and Inspired Living. So it's kind of weird uh, seeing 10- and 11-year-olds crush it in life with more sponsorships more business prowess than I have at my age, but good for uh, James and Oliver. They, Oliver won a Flexwood with Philo event recently featuring Philo and Nathan Queen, and he won the 2022 Junior Disc Golf World Championships 10 and under. Oliver won the 10 and under North Carolina Junior Disc Golf Championships, and then James won the 12 and under North Carolina Junior Disc Golf Championships. at So the same year, just different divisions both won those, North Carolina Junior Disc Golf World Championships. And just looking at their Instagram, it is crazy seeing kids that young throw that well so early, those kind of shot shapes. So obviously not going to make an impact on fantasy rosters next year. No need to draft, but I just think it's crazy that we're kind of getting to to that point in disc golf where we're looking at players who are like 10 and under and watching as they progress in their career and see what they do at juniors events, see what they do at amateur events. And then by the time they're 18 and on tour, you already have an idea of their game, and they're going to have more experience under their belt than a lot of these other players who started off. So I just think that's crazy kind of crazy that we have 10 and 11 year olds sponsored crushing it on instagram promoting themselves and that's that's where we're at (laughs) in disc golf but um like i said there was like a seven-year-old i followed and i just thought that was nuts but we are getting to a point where we can start really keeping an eye on these players at a pretty young age and really get a feel for their game as as they develop and you know If it's available, there's footage, they have the exposure, there's no reason us as fantasy managers shouldn't be keeping an eye on them, so we're prepared when they start making a move. You know, just like if you're an NBA or NFL, you're paying attention to, you know, maybe college and high school, getting ideas for these guys. I know their valuation changes a lot, so I don't know how much stake you will place into those early years, but I think it helps to have an idea and I also would be curious to kind of see as these young players progress in their careers just kind of see how that impacts their careers you know will we have earlier injuries because they've been playing so long will we have burnout earlier where some of these kids are you know just playing certain events because they've been playing so much disc golf for so long but You know, you hear about them talk about burnout, and I think every player will be different because I know it's going to have its daily grinds and and whatnot, but I just don't see burnout. You know, if you love the game, I just don't think burnout should be as much of a concern. It's probably like the traveling and whatnot. But I will be curious to see how injuries impact it. You know, if you're putting that much strain on your body from that young age, we'll see if that actually makes an impact um, towards the towards the middle of their careers you know are these players who are starting out you know around five are they going to be better adapt to handle the strain in their 20s or is that wear and tear going to actually hurt them i'm actually kind of leaning towards the the prior i think they'll actually be starting earlier you know their body's going to be more adapt at the throwing you know, I think a lot of people are more cognizant of the strain of forehand takes. So while players are working on the forehand early, I think the durability of careers will be on the backhand. So a lot of form and practice will be on that end. But I'm curious to see how an earlier start to these players' careers impacts the longevity of their careers and their performance. Their performance once they get to like the late teens, 20s. But uh, yeah, those are some of the young guns that we are keeping an eye on. Some players, you know, will make an impact on fantasy teams next year. And some players we're just keeping an eye on so that we are ready to jump on them when they start performing to a level that we think can make an impact on fantasy rosters. That should do it for this episode of Chill Dis Days, a sports ethos presentation. Again, I am your host, Matthew Williams. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Mr. Chilliums and Instagram at Chill Dis Days. Uh, next episode, we will do the old man slash old woman squad. Look at some of your more tenured players and what we can expect from them in the 2023 season. Thank you so much for listening, and may all your bogeys become birdies.